And greetings, friends. Welcome to Tomorrow's World program, where you will gain precious insights into today's news and the real future of this world. My friends, with Russia controlling scores of atomic weapons, and China, India, and now perhaps Iran soon getting atomic bombs, what is really ahead for your life? Every year, this world is becoming more and more dangerous. Think. Is there a great overarching purpose for your life? Will it end in nothingness because of atomic weapons or other types of violence? Or will you go to heaven when you die? How can you actually be sure of what really lies ahead? Stay tuned. My friends, this world is in political and religious confusion. Wars are raging all over the earth, and there are over 400 religious denominations all calling themselves Christian. Additionally, there are over one billion followers of Islam, millions of whom hate our Western nations and want to destroy us. They burn our flags and they yell, death to America, death to Britain. These people claim to follow the Koran and the teachings of Mohammed, and professing Christians claim to follow the Bible. However, my friends, you need to prove whether or not the Holy Bible is truly inspired by God. And then, because the Bible is inspired, you should believe and follow what the Bible actually says about your future. You can't get those answers anywhere else except the Bible. Does the Bible teach that Christians go to heaven after we die? Or on the other hand, does your Bible clearly and repeatedly show that true Christians are to be placed on this earth for a thousand years as kings and priests assisting the King of Kings, Jesus Christ? Remember, you can't have it both ways. Notice what Jesus Christ clearly taught. Turn with me to the Sermon on the Mount Matthew 5, Matthew chapter 5 in your Bible, and we'll see what Jesus actually taught. And seeing the multitudes, Jesus went up on the mountain, and when he was seated, his disciples came to him. Then he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, that is, those who are spiritually down and they're weak and they're willing to yield to God, poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Does it say kingdom in heaven? This is one of the scriptures that preachers often use to prove we go to heaven, but it doesn't say that. Think about it. We read often in the financial pages about the Bank of Morgan. Is the Bank of Morgan in Mr. Morgan's tummy? Did he swallow his piggy bank? Is that what it says? Of denotes ownership. It's the kingdom of heaven. It is not in heaven, and the Bible never ever says that. It's the kingdom of heaven, controlled by heaven, owned by heaven. So blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Then it says, blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted, if they mourn spiritually especially. Blessed are the meek, 
verse 5, for they shall inherit the earth. Notice that. This is very clear. The meek shall inherit something you actually own, something where you live, you control it. You inherit the earth, not heaven. And the Bible says that again over and over throughout the entire Bible from one end to the other, that God's true saints are going to be on this earth inheriting the earth. Notice over in John, the Gospel of John, chapter 3 and verse 13. These are the words of Jesus Christ. John, chapter 3, verse 13. No one has ascended into heaven. Oh, really? Jesus said that. No one has ascended into heaven, but he who came down from heaven. What? What about Abraham, the father of the faithful? What about David, a man after God's own heart? All the other saints of God. No one, Jesus said, has ascended into heaven. There are actually dozens and scores of scriptures on that when you understand. Let's turn to one more. Acts chapter 2 in your New Testament, the book of Acts. As the New Testament church started out, Peter told them here in this inspired sermon on the day of Pentecost, Acts chapter 2, verse 29, Men and brethren, let me speak freely to you of the patriarch David, that he is both dead and buried. It didn't say he's in the ground and his soul or spirit's up somewhere. He is. He is dead and buried, and his tomb is with us to this day. Then it says down in verse 34, for David did not ascend into the heavens. Who is David? The man after God's own heart. And the man, as we'll see later, that God is going to use as king over all 12 tribes of Israel in tomorrow's world when Christ comes back and sets up a literal government on this earth at his second coming. David has not ascended to heaven. It's very clear. So according to your Bible, over and over, what does happen to the true saints of God? Turn in your Bible. Follow me. See what the Bible says. You haven't been taught this, most of you. Read it in your Bible. Turn to Revelation chapter 2, the book of Revelation now, chapter 2, and beginning in verse 26. Here is Jesus speaking, because John was the revelator. Jesus was the revelator. John is quoting Jesus in the first person. And he who comes and keeps my works, Jesus says, until the end of him or to him, I will give power over the nations. He shall rule them with a rod of iron as the potter's vessel shall be broken in pieces as I also have received from my father. He was given the kingdom and now he's telling these saints of God, they're going to be given a kingdom under him to rule as co-kings or assistant kings under Jesus Christ and rule the nations, nations on this earth, if they overcome, if we overcome, if we really do what God says through God's Spirit in us and walk with God and let God rule our lives, then we will help Christ rule this earth. Very clear. Turn to Revelation chapter 5 now. Revelation 5, you read here about the Song of the Saints. The saints pictured here, symbolically, certainly, but singing a song inspired of God, obviously, put it in the Bible. Revelation chapter 5, verse 9. You are worthy to take the scroll 
and to open its seals for you, speaking of Christ, obviously, were slain and have redeemed us to God by your blood out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation and have made us, what are we to made? To go up in heaven and float around heaven all day with nothing to do? No, you have made us kings and priests to our God and we shall reign Where are we going to reign, brethren? Up in heaven, playing on a harp? No, we shall reign on the earth. That's pretty clear. Can anything be more clear than that, my friends? What does the Bible say? Turn back to Revelation chapter 20 now. Revelation uh, chapter 20, if you would, again, in your own Bible, and see what the Bible says. If you skim over the verses here in Revelation 19, you'll see it talks about Christ coming back as King of kings and Lord of lords in verse 16, so he comes back to this earth. Then it says in chapter 20 of Revelation, verse 1, I saw an angel coming down from heaven, having the key to the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand, and he laid hold on the dragon, that serpent of old, the devil and Satan, and bound him, bound Satan the devil, who's been out deceiving the nations, bound him for a thousand years, and cast him into the bottomless pit and shut him up and set a seal on him. Why? So that he should deceive the nations no more. Satan's been out deceiving you and your friends and relatives and people all over. A false concept of Christianity, all kinds of false ideas about the future. Satan is the deceiver. He is the invisible God of this age. And we have to understand that, that he should deceive the nations no more till the thousand years were finished. So he's put in a bottomless pit. But after these things, he's released for a little while. Then John sees thrones of those who were martyred, and they come up in the resurrection, obviously, and they lived and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. He lived and reigned with Christ. Where will Christ be? Well, we see he'll be, he's, he'll be on this earth. They're going to live with Christ for a thousand years, and Satan is bound. Verse 6, blessed and holy is he who has part in the first resurrection, oversets the second death, has no power, but they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. And it shows, of course, they're reigning on this earth by the whole context. It goes on. Now, when the thousand years have expired, Satan will be released from his prison and will go out to deceive the nations. So talk about this earth where the carnal nations are and they have been ruled by Christ, but now they're going to be deceived some of them. Even after all that time, And he goes out to deceive the nations, which are in the four corners of the earth, Gog and Magog, together in the battle, whose number is the sand of the sea. That's why, my friends, most of this world, probably most of your friends and relatives, are now deceived. But the Bible is very clear about our future and about the real goal, the actual future, the goal which God has in mind for those willing to believe and obey his inspired word. It's clear. At this point, my friends, I'm delighted to offer you an attractive booklet which explains much about this vital information about the purpose and the great plan of Almighty God. It is entitled, Do You Believe the True Gospel? And it will be sent to you absolutely free upon your request. Do you believe the true gospel explains, my friends, far more about God's purpose 
than so many gospel tracts. They just keep telling you, accept Jesus and so on, which is all right, but you'd better accept the true Jesus and understand what he taught. This eye-opening booklet I'm showing to you here right now, Do You Believe the True Gospel, explains in detail what the true Christians will really be doing after Christ's second coming. It spells out the genuine goal for every true Christian and how you should be preparing for this goal. It tells you things I can't tell you on this program. So call now or write us and claim your free copy of this truly meaningful booklet, Do You Believe the True Gospel? This informative booklet is yours absolutely free. No cost, no obligation. If you call this toll-free number, 1-800-718-4800. That number once again is 1-800-718-4800. Call now or send your request to Tomorrow's World, P.O. Box 3800, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28227. With this offer, you will also receive your free subscription to Tomorrow's World magazine, full of timely articles and unique insights on today's important issues. Tomorrow's World magazine keeps you up to date with world trends, Bible prophecy, and the very meaning of life itself. Tomorrow's World. Call now. Now back to our topic, my friends, the real future of true Christians. Again, notice Revelation 5, where we were a few moments ago. Revelation 5, verses 9 and 10. God talks about the song of the saints and what they're saying, an inspired song. You are worthy to take the scroll to open its seals, for you have redeemed us to God by your blood out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation and have made us kings and priests to our God and we shall reign, we the saints shall reign on the earth. Our reward will be on this earth, my friends, not up in heaven. Now notice what the apostle Paul was inspired to tell us. Many people say, well, let's get away from other things and what does Paul say? Here's what Paul says Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. 1 Corinthians in your New Testament. Read it. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Paul says, Dare any of you, having a matter against another, go to law before the unrighteous and not before the saints? You see, the saints of God, the true saints, ought to be learning God's government, God's way of life, and learning to judge, preparing to be kings and priests. Do you not know that the saints will judge the world? And if the world will be judged by you, are you unworthy to judge the smallest matters? Do you not know that we shall judge angels? The saints will judge the world, not heaven, the world. And we shall judge angels. And Paul in this place in the New Testament spells that out very clearly. How much more things that pertain to this life, he says. We ought to be learning how to judge. So if you have judgments concerning things pertaining to this life, do you or why do you appoint those who are least esteemed by or from the point of view of the church? Outsiders, why would you go to outsiders who don't even know the truth? I say to the, this to your shame. Is it so that there's not a wise man among you, not even one who will be able to judge between his brethren? So the apostle Paul talks about the saints judging the world. Notice what Jesus Christ clearly taught very clear scriptures here, 
Luke, the 19th chapter, Luke chapter 19 and verse 11. Most of you are familiar with this parable, so I won't read every word, but in Luke 19 verse 11, he talks about the parable here uh, of minas and uh, amount of money or pounds, the King James has, the old King James. I'm reading the new King James. He spoke another parable because he was near Jerusalem and because they thought the kingdom of God would immediately appear. They knew it was going to come to this earth, obviously. They didn't think it was off in heaven. Therefore, Luke 19 now, verse 12, he said, a certain nobleman went to a far country, received for himself a kingdom, and was to return. And he called his ten servants and delivered to them ten minas. So they got ten minas or measures of money. And when they came back, he wanted to know how each one had gained how much by trading. And in verse 16, then came the first saying, Master, your mina has earned ten minas. So he'd increased his mina ten times. He'd really overcome. He had accomplished a very zealous Christian serving God. And so he said to him, Well done, good servant, because you were faithful in very little. I want you to go off to heaven and float around heaven all day and play a harp and have nothing to do forever. Really? Is that what it says? Really? What does it say, my friends? Get your Bible. He says, because you were faithful and very little, have authority over ten cities. That is a reward of the saints to rule this earth under Jesus Christ. He's going to be coming back soon as king of kings, and his servants will assist him in ruling the world. The second came, Master, your mina has earned five minas. And he says, likewise to him, you also be over five cities. Now over in Luke 22, turn to Luke chapter 22 now, my friends, and verse 28. But you are those who have continued with me in my trials, and I bestow upon you a kingdom, just as my Father has bestowed upon me, that you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom, a government coming back here to this earth. The kingdom is a government. And sit on thrones judging the twelve tribes of Israel. Now, they didn't think that was some fictitious thing off in heaven somewhere, as I'll show you. They had always been taught that Christ or God would set up a government on this earth. And the Bible talks about it from one end to the other. So the 12 apostles will sit on 12 literal thrones. Notice what God inspired Ezekiel to write. Turn to your Old Testament and God inspired the entire Bible. And Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. And this Old Testament is the Word of God. In fact, that was the only Word of God they had at that time, the only written Word of God. Turn to it, Ezekiel chapter 34, verse 1. And the word of the Lord came, saying, Son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Now, a lot of you don't realize it, but he's talking not just about the Jewish people, but about the descendants of the, America, of the British and American people who are the descendants of the lost ten tribes. And we have a booklet on that, which we advertise and tell you quite often, tell you about it. It's free. And so this is talking about our people as well as the Jews. Prophesy against the shepherds, the teachers, the ministers of Israel, and say to them, Woe to the shepherds of Israel who feed themselves. Should not the shepherds feed the flocks? You eat the fat and clothe yourselves with the wool. You slaughter the fatlings, but you do not feed the flock. You're not telling people the truth. 
And so he condemns them here for several verses. Then over in verse 11, he says, Indeed, I myself will search out my sheep and seek them out as a shepherd seeks out his flock. And verse 13, I will bring them out of the peoples. He's going to bring our nations back from slavery and gather them from the countries and bring them to their own land and feed them. And then he says down in verse 22, Therefore I will save my flock, and they shall no longer be a prey, and I will judge between sheep and sheep, and I will establish one shepherd. And notice this, my friends, and he shall feed them my servant David. He shall feed them and be their shepherd, and I, the Eternal, will be their God, and my servant David will be a prince among them. Christ will be king, but David will be a prince among them. I, the Eternal, have spoken. So Christ is going to come back, and he's going to have King David on this earth ruling all 12 tribes of Israel. Back in Ezekiel 37, if you turn to chapter 37 now briefly, notice what it says here. He says, Surely I will take the children of Israel from among the nations where they've gone. He scattered them all over. And wherever they've gone, and I will gather them from every side and bring them into their own land. And I will make them one nation in the land on the mountains of Israel. And one king shall be over them all. And they shall no longer be two nations. There won't be Judah and Israel. There'll be the one nation then. Nor will they ever be divided again into two nations. He says in verse 24, David, my servant, shall be king over them, and they shall all have one shepherd, and they shall also walk in my judgments and observe my statutes and do them. Who's their leader, their direct king? David, under Jesus Christ. And he says then, then shall I dwell, or they dwell in the land, and they shall dwell there, their children and their children's children forever. And my servant David shall be their prince forever. So David will be ruling under Christ. And Christ will be king of kings. Remember that. Christ is king over all the other kings. So the Bible, my friends, reveals a clear picture of the soon coming government of God to rule over this entire world. Christ will be king of kings David, under Christ, will be king over all 12 nations of Israel. Then the 12 apostles each rule over one of the 12 nations of Israel under David. And the other true Christians, true saints, rule over individual cities all over this earth, not up in heaven. That is why we're to be overcomers. That's why we're to really learn what this Bible says and obey God and serve God and grow in grace and in knowledge. That's why we're here. That's why we're called. Again, my friends, be sure to call us right now or write us and request your free copy of this vital book that we've prepared for you. Do you believe the true gospel? This booklet absolutely is unique. It is not just sentimental fluff. For do you believe the true gospel explains the real message which Jesus Christ brought to mankind, which most of you have never heard before? It describes a detail the great purpose God has in mind. So call right now and claim your copy of this very important booklet, Do You Believe the True Gospel? Just ask for the booklet on the true gospel. That's all you need. This informative booklet is yours absolutely free. No cost, no obligation. If you call this toll-free number, 1-800-718-4800. 
That number once again is 1-800-718-4800. Call now or send your request to Tomorrow's World, P.O. Box 3800, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28227. With this offer, you will also receive your free subscription to Tomorrow's World magazine, full of timely articles and unique insights on today's important issues. Tomorrow's World magazine keeps you up to date with world trends, Bible prophecy, and the very meaning of life itself. Tomorrow's World. Call now. Finally, my friends, let us all learn to truly seek God and try to fulfill the awesome purpose for our lives. Soon after the first New Testament Pentecost, the Apostle Peter was inspired to tell the early Christians this. Notice this inspired part of Peter's sermon, Acts chapter 3. Check us up, Acts 3, verse 19. Repent, therefore, and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out, so that the time of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord, and that he may send Jesus Christ, who was preached to you before. Christ is coming back, you see, whom heaven must receive until the times of restoration. Here he says Christ is going to heaven, not the saints, but Christ, until the times of restoration of all things which God has spoken by the mouth of all his holy prophets since the world began. All through Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, all through the Old Testament, he speaks of this coming time, the time of the restoring of God's government, God's way of life. A new world really is coming, my friends. As this world descends into chaos and wars and religious confusion, we need to believe what the Bible actually says. That's our future. The true gospel, the real good news which Christ brought us is inspiring, and it tells us about the genuine future which God will bring about. May God help you to understand, and may he help you to do his will, to join with Christ and the true saints in beginning peace, helping to bring real peace and joy to this troubled world. Notice Jesus' promise back in Revelation, if you would. Jesus' promise, as he got to the very end of the New Testament here, notice Jesus' promise back in Revelation chapter 22 and verse 12. And behold, I am coming quickly, Jesus said, and my reward is with me to give to everyone according to his work. Christ is coming quickly, and we need to look forward with joy to this tremendous occasion. Again, be sure to call right now or write us and claim your free copy of this vital booklet, Do You Believe the True Gospel? Get this booklet. It's inspiring. And tune in every week to Tomorrow's World program. On this program, you will gain precious insights and information available nowhere else. Richard Ames and I will give you understanding of current events and of the exciting prophecies of tomorrow's world. We also invite you to join our guest presenters, Wallace Smith and Rod King, who will give you special perspectives and insight on vital topics. So be sure to join us again next week right here at this same time. See you here. This informative booklet is yours absolutely free. No cost, no obligation. If you call this toll-free number, 1-800-718-4800. That number once again is 1-800-718-4800. Call now 
or send your request to Tomorrow's World, P.O. Box 3800, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28227. To view today's program, order the free literature offered, or for more information on today's vital subject, visit us online at www.tomorrowsworld.org. The preceding program is produced by the Living Church of God.